Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Hungry for More. Uh, I'm your host, Al Smith, the Pipe Padre, and uh, today I want to talk a little bit about Lent and Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen's writings, uh, especially pertaining to the season of Lent. And so uh, let's begin with prayer, as we always do, and uh, I'm kind of partial to uh, St. Teresa of Avila. Uh, I love these doctors of the church, and so uh, she has... Um, helped me a great deal over the years. Uh, her writings are rich and, of course, full of great wisdom and knowledge, and so uh, we will invoke her intercession and her wisdom as we begin our show today. So please join me in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. All things are passing. God never changes. Patience obtains all things Nothing is wanting to him who possesses God. God alone suffices. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I uh, love those words of encouragement. Let nothing disturb you. Uh, let nothing frighten you. So, again, uh, welcome to the show. It's great to be here. I'm kind of flying solo uh, today. And, uh, again, I'm getting lots of inquiries, of course, uh, during this season of Lent to uh, give reflections uh, on a number of the writings that Archbishop Sheen penned over the years. And, you know, I tell people, uh, think of Archbishop Sheen's uh, great contributions uh, when it came to, uh, again, our Lord's seven last words and unpackaging those uh, great words. And his seven last words, I'm speaking about the words he spoke from the cross on Calvary, uh, those uh, familiar words to so many of us, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This day you'll be with me in paradise. Woman, behold your son, and to the apostle he loved, behold your mother. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I thirst, it is finished, and Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Uh, seven beautiful words that make up what I'd like to call uh, the second Sermon of the Mount. Uh, of course, we know the Beatitudes being the Sermon of the Mount, but uh, we think of Mount Calvary and this great sermon. And Archbishop Sheen referred to our Lord's seven last words as the greatest sermon ever preached. And uh, as you start to read his writings, uh, you will realize that very quickly. Uh, he also mentioned that there is no greater preacher in the history of the world than the dying Christ, and there's no better sermon than the seven last words. So I want to share with you my journey. And um, uh, people ask me a lot of times, you know, how did you come across um, Fulton Sheen? And uh, how, what inspired you to uh, put together uh, the collection of Sheen's writings on the seven last words uh, in the form of the book, The Cries of Jesus from the Cross. And uh, again, it's, uh, again, it seems, I like to say it's a Lenten companion for so many people. And um, uh, each year I put together a Lenten reading guide where I can help you to go through the book cover to cover uh, within like a 46 day period during the journey of Lent. So uh, again, it has been a trusted, um, I want to say spiritual companion for many of us during the season of Lent. And when you think of Archbishop Sheen's um, history, and I call it his history, uh, people know him, of course, for his 20 years on radio, uh, giving homilies and sermons on the Catholic hour. And of course, they know of his work on television and how uh, 20 and 30 million people tuned in each week to his Life is Worth Living broadcast and uh, the Bishop Sheen Hour. So, you know, these shows uh, were so popular. And uh, so we know of his television and radio legacy, but uh, there is this great uh, legacy of his writings on the seven last words. And uh, there is actually a, a video that many people have watched um, on YouTube. It's called His Last Words. And it's uh, Fulton Sheen's last Good Friday address. Uh, the year was 1979. And he began that address by saying, this is my 58th consecutive year of preaching 
you know, the seven last words, uh, speaking about our Lord's passion, his death and resurrection in 58th consecutive. And you think that, um, that streak of uh, not missing uh, a year for 58 years. Um, again, he was in demand. Uh, he knew that people, especially during the season of Lent, needed to have, uh, what I say, um, focus. He wanted to help us focus on this great love story, this great love story that our Lord came into this earth and he died for us. He laid down his life for his friends. And uh, again, he spoke with great passion and conviction. And so uh, I started to uh, read some of Archbishop Sheen's books. And I started to see that he didn't write just one book on the seven last words. He wrote many. And uh, I started to read them, you know, one by one. And started to realize, boy, these are real treasures. And uh, again, the first book that I ever read was uh, Sheen's 1939 book called Victory Over Vice. And it is a book where he takes the seven last words our Lord spoke from the cross and uh, provided an antidote for the seven deadly sins. And he just tied it in so beautifully. And so Folden Sheen got my attention because I've said this before. Um, he was the first priest that somehow made me feel guilty for my sin. Um, he got me kind of saying, you know, uh, aren't you sorry? Aren't you sorry? And uh, yes, he convinced me. I still I started to feel sorry for my sins because uh, Fulton Sheen was able to uh, convict me to say that your sins cost our Lord something. And uh, I never forget his writings on the crucifix and how he said, you know, put a crucifix on your desk for three days and leave it there and look at it from time to time and it will have an effect on you. It will have an effect on your soul because you start to realize that it was your sin that put our Lord on the cross. And so, um, again, he got my attention. He got my attention. And, and as I started to uh, read a number of his books, I started to realize he was uh, a great uh, teacher and preacher because he was able to take, um, again, a talk and change it every year. Um, you know, we've we've gone to churches before where you see that Father, um, say Jim, is reusing his homilies, and you you say he used that homily last year, and the year before, and the year before. Um, but Fulton Sheen was able to make his uh, homilies, especially on the Seven Last Words, fresh every year. And so um, again, I started to um, share. Um, with my radio audience, because I've been uh, on the radio for a number of years now in Canada. And actually in 2012, I uh, went to my local radio station and said, could I do a Bishop Sheen hour? And I started to share Bishop Sheen's radio addresses and his um, presentations and homilies on the radio. And I tell you, uh, I was always amazed the first week I went into the station and uh, put in um, two recordings, one on angels and one on the philosophy of life. Uh, the phone lines in the station lit up. People were so happy to hear his voice again. And in fact, they were asking me, is he coming to town um, in the near future? <laughs> they had assumed he never died. And um, uh, I had to say to these people that were calling in, uh, he went to be with the Lord in 1979. Um, and so, uh, again, they weren't aware of that because we've been hearing Bishop Sheen's uh, audio recordings and watching his reruns on EWTN television for years. So uh, there are some that still think he's alive, that he's still alive and well because he is um, uh, on television still and he's heard on radio still. Mm -hmm. And so that is a great joy. Uh, to be a part of that. But I'll hold up for you a couple of these smaller books. And um, and it's amazing. And I, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll just flip them in front of the screen quickly here. But um, um, again, this is, um, I guess, in chronological order, uh, the books that um, I've read that pertain to the seven last words. And so in 1933, uh, Fulton Sheen um, 
gave a Good Friday address that turned into a book. And uh, this is such an easy read, The Seven Last Words. It, uh, you can uh, read it within an hour, and yet it contains um, uh, what I call, he unpackages The Seven Last Words so beautifully. Um, and again, that uh, was one of the first books I read, but again, an easy read. I'm not, sometimes I'm threatened by these bigger books, you know, uh, but uh, this is what Fulton Sheen appealed to me. They're smaller, easy to digest uh, books, but uh, again, this is a classic, 1933, The Seven Last Words. Um, in 1936, Fulton Sheen wrote about the Mass, and he tied in so beautifully um, the seven parts of the Mass with the seven last words and again this is a very comfortable read um, and i like to say this because we all I like to think we all go to mass and so when you read calvary in the mass you'll start to realize that the mass is calvary reenacted and uh, the seven last words you can hear them being said throughout the mass through the different parts of the mass so again a great little read 1936 uh, and then in 1937 um, uh, he uh, produced a book called The Rainbow of Sorrows. And, uh, you know, I feel like I'm almost like a school teacher doing show and tell as I, you know, show you these books. But again, in 1937, um, his homilies uh, during the Catholic hour, during the season of Lent, were on pain and suffering. And uh, this beautiful meditations about why pain? Why unjust suffering? Why uh, do the innocent suffer? Um, so again, he got everyone's attention because uh, every so often we need a homily that uh, speaks to uh, suffering and how can we uh, understand it. And uh, I tell you, Fulton Sheen uh, delivered on that, that's for sure. Uh, then the following year, he gave his Good Friday addresses and his Lenten reflections and he tied them into the Beatitudes. And so he took um, the seven last words and then tied them into the Beatitudes. And it was beautiful how he just, uh, you would say, um, God has a plan. God is, um, you know, he um, wants to say, uh, create symphonies because uh, it just flows so beautifully. Um, and again, how he was able to connect the dots. Um, again, he's just brilliant. He's just brilliant. So 1938, the cross and the Beatitudes. Uh, then the following year, he said, "Okay, I'm going to um, I'm going to um, address sin, <laughs> and I'm going to turn my uh, Lenten reflections into a seven-part series, or over you know seven weeks, where he would unpackage the seven deadly sins and provide the seven last words as the remedy for those sins. And I'll speak a little bit more about that later in the show, uh, but I'm just trying to show you how year after year." Uh, Fulton Sheen was uh, teaching us, providing us a catechesis on the cross. Uh, so in 1939, it was about victory over vice. And then the following year, he says, well, I want to give them an opportunity to make some reparation. And so he talked about the seven virtues and how we can practice the cardinal virtues and the theological virtues. And he tied them into the seven last words. Uh, so again, a beautiful set of meditations. Um, and he continued to do this year after year after year. Uh, but there was this one book in 1944, uh, his Lenten Reflections, where he talked about what I like to call the haters, uh, the seven different groups of people that challenge uh, our Lord, uh, the intelligentsia, I call them the know-it-alls, right? Uh, the moderns, uh, the humanists, uh, the sinners, uh, the sensationalists. Like, again, uh, when I read this book, I was just grinning ear to ear because I thought, I got friends just like that. I know people just like that. And so he equipped me how to uh, interact with a number of these people. And I was just uh, thanking the Lord for, uh, again, this wisdom of this wise and holy man, Archbishop Sheen. So uh, again, one of my favorite books is this book. Uh, it's in 1945. Uh, he simply wrote a book called The Seven Words of Jesus and Mary. And he was able to connect the dots of how he um, realized that Our Lady spoke seven times in sacred scripture, and he tied them in to the seven last words. 
And when you see the similarities between our Lord's seven last words from the cross and the seven times that our Blessed Mother spoke in sacred scripture, you truly see that they were united, um, that Our Lady and Our Lord are united in more ways than we can ever imagine. So uh, absolutely beautiful. And uh, then, of course, he wrote, um, they call this uh, the characters of the passion uh, again 1947 uh, where he talks about uh, those who were present uh, during the passion and um, again similar to the 1944 book uh, when he talked about uh, the seven groups of people uh, he unpackages how um, the different people that were there um, again he ties it in so beautifully to our Lord's uh, again sermon from Mount Calvary so uh, you can see these little books that were easy to read and uh, just yet at the end of the day, uh, he just made me appreciate uh, our Lord more and more. Um, I, I like to say that uh, one thing, when you watch Fulton Sheen, you, you start to realize, um, I think he, him and Jesus are best friends. <laughs> like he speaks so well of our Lord. He speaks uh, with great joy and enthusiasm of what he did for him in his life. And uh, I tell you, that joy is infectious. And so uh, I want what he's got. <laughs> I want what he's got. And I think many of you watching at home uh, feel the same way. Um, Fulton Sheen's best friend was our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because how did he develop that friendship? Well, I started to realize he spent a lot of time with our blessed Lord uh, in prayer, but especially uh, during his holy hour when he would uh, share uh, with the world that, uh, again, it was his hour of power. Uh, Fulton Sheen would spend one hour every day uh, in front of the blessed sacrament. Of course, that's our Lord uh, exposed um, uh, in the monstrance, um, again, a Eucharistic adoration. And uh, he said, it is what makes my day. And it's uh, who I go to listen to. Uh, I think a lot of times when we go to church, uh, sometimes when we sit before the Lord, we do all the talking. We've got our list. Uh, but yet, uh, Fulton Sheen would say, uh, you have to listen. The scriptures are very clear. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And so he listened to the Lord. And he shared that he wrote many of his homilies, uh, many of his books in front of the tabernacle in the presence of our Lord. And uh, I tell you, uh, they talk about spending time with a good friend. Um, he talked the talk, but he walked the walk. And so uh, very much a holy inspiration, uh, Fulton Sheen there especially. Uh, so again, I'm gonna put these books aside now. Uh, but you can see uh, that, um, again, uh, God makes it easy sometimes. I, I like to say he tricked me. <laughs> he tricked me in the sense that um, if, if he put big books in front of me, I, may not, I, I might not have read them. And uh, yet these little easy-to-read books just brought me along, and I wanted more and more and more. And you can see behind me here, these are uh, another 20 of... Uh, of Fulton Sheen's books. And you can see they're all smaller books because what he did was he would take his Catholic Hour radio addresses and he would uh, then put uh, six or seven of his talks into a book and then publish it. And sometimes he would publish even two books a year. And yet people are always saying, that doesn't look so hard. And of course they pick up and read and of course many of them are converted and it's funny when you look at uh, the numbers i call it the numbers um it was you know a fact that the numbers of the catholic church doubled in size uh in the 1950s and a lot of people point to fulton sheen and his very popular television show um and you know just saying there is possibly a connection here and I know uh, my father converted uh, to the Roman Catholic faith uh, in 1957, and he shared with me and the family that it was because of Fulton Sheen's um, 
catechesis uh, that made him very easy. It made it very easy for him to convert. Now I say catechesis because I, when I read his writings, I go, yeah, he is teaching us in the faith. And um, again, how many other souls beside my father converted because he was so convincing, so convincing. He um, shared the scriptures. I think there wasn't a day that went by that he was on the radio or television that he didn't tie in his talk to uh, a number of passages from sacred scripture. Uh, he would always try to point to our Lord as much as he could, uh, yet without being too preachy, if that makes any sense. So again, I thank the good Lord that my dad uh, converted and became a Catholic because um, <laughs> I received that blessing and uh, been given the faith uh, because of a father who was passionate about the faith. And so uh, I'm indebted to Fulton Sheen uh, in more ways than one. So uh, again, thank you, God, for uh, using Fulton Sheen as an instrument in my father's faith journey. So, all right. Uh, so after uh, reading all of these smaller books, I thought, you know, they're, they're, uh, these need to be represented or somehow put together in a, uh, you know, a master volume. And um, again, I had this inspiration to say, why not go and do that? Like make it as your, uh, your hobby or your little project. And, um, you know, I've, I don't want to shock too many of you, but um, I'm not uh, what I call a full-time television host and a radio. <laughs> uh, I think I'm a plumber by trade. So um, I've spent uh, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of hours fixing pipes. And I spend a lot of time in people's houses. And I think it's been a real blessing for me because I get to hear people's stories, uh, their faith journeys and uh, get to really see uh, what makes the world tick, uh, different faiths, different uh, ideas. Um, yet I was able to, um, of course, use a lot of Sheen's wisdom um, when I was visiting people in their homes. Um, and again, it uh, made me look like I was smarter than I really am, but uh, I am grateful to Fulton Sheen. Uh, but again, as a plumber, uh, I still had time on my hands. We all have spare time. Let's be honest. We put our 8, 10, 12 hours in a day, but we have time. And so uh, in my spare time, I started to research to see if I could somehow republish uh, many of these books. And uh, to, to my surprise, uh, many of them had not been republished in 70 and 80 years. Uh, the book, The Rainbow of Sorrows, uh, this is the book that talks about pain and unjust suffering, uh, 1937. It never got republished. And I kind of understand why, because if you ask people, who wants to buy a book on pain and suffering? <laughs> Not too many people are going to pick up their hand and say, oh, I, wa I want that book. But today, in today's world, I think we are all saying, yeah, I want to understand why is there pain? Why is there suffering? What's going on? <laughs> and how can I unite my suffering to our Lord's suffering? And so now, of course, it makes perfect sense. Uh, the same was true for the book from 1940, The Seven Virtues. Uh, that book was never republished. And um, again, if you put, a, if you ask a poll and you say, who wants to read a book on virtue? Uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, temperance and prudence and um, put, stick up your hands. N no one does, you know, who who wants to study virtue? <laughs> you know, um, it ain't popular. It isn't, it isn't popular. So again, that book never got republished. And the 1944 book, The Seven Words to the Cross, uh, which talk about the intelligentsia, uh, the selfish, um, the sensationalist, um, again, the humanist, uh, not too many people are going to stick their hands up and say, oh, I want to read about humanist and, and intelligentsia. Uh, but today, with all of this stuff going on, we're all saying, I am interested. And so the time was right. It was God's perfect timing. And I started uh, working on this project in 2014. And it took me a couple of years of research and uh, you know, figuring out copyrights and 
uh, which ones were public domain and which ones I needed permission uh, to republish. And uh, so I approached um, uh, Sophia Institute Press, um, a great publisher, um, again, and I just said to them, I have this idea, um, and I put together um, what I call an anthology, a collection, and I said to them, uh, would you be interested in um, taking on this project? And uh, they asked me to send them chapter one, just, um, you know, the first um, few, um, you know, 50 pages of the book. And uh, within, I think, a week, they wrote me back and said, this is, this is great. Uh, could you put together a manuscript? And I did. And so uh, in 2018, uh, the book, The Cries of Jesus from the Cross, was published by Sophia Institute Press. And I think I've held it up many times. And uh, again, a beautiful cover uh, of our Lord um, and the crucifixion. And uh, I tell you, it has touched so many hearts. And uh, I have a little uh, tradition that I uh, do is that every time I read this book, uh, which is often, um, I always just uh, give the front cover a little kiss, you know, uh, just to venerate the cross. And it just sets me in the mood to uh, read. And uh, so again, I'm not asking everyone to do the same thing at home, but uh, it's my little way. And so uh, this is a labor of love. This is, um, you know, as uh, someone who puts together pipes for a living, uh, it was nice to put together uh, this book, um, you know, as a labor of love. And I was on uh, EWTN television a few times now uh, talking about this book. And I remember I was on the show called EWTN Bookmarks. And um, Doug Keck, the host of that show, asked me, he said, why did you uh, put this book together? And I said, well, I really wanted to leave something for my children so that uh, my children would have, like I, I say, a field manual, a manual where they could uh, learn the life lessons that I learned uh, and my father learned from Fulton Sheen. And so I wanted to leave them a playbook to say, um, this is going to teach you how to understand difficult people. Uh, this is going to teach you how to understand pain. Uh, this is going to teach you how to practice virtue and how to fall in love with the Blessed Virgin Mary uh, even more. So uh, it's all there. And so I gave, of course, signed copies to my three adult children and even a signed copy to my <laughs> lovely wife and uh, say, here it is. Um, if I pass away, remember to read this book often. And um, again, it has touched the lives of my family and uh, by now, um, tens of thousands of people. And so uh, the book has done well. So uh, I'd invite you, of course, to pick up a copy. And I, my good uh, friend, Kent uh, Kowalski, who is my producer, uh, put it up on the screen. Uh, again, uh, Sophia Institute Press. And uh, there you can watch the various interviews that uh, I've uh, given on EWTN. I was on EWTN Live with uh, Father Mitch Packwell, and uh, it was very well received. And uh, there's a beautiful description of the book uh, there on the website. And uh, I, I think if you just do any Google search on the cries of Jesus from the cross, you'll um, see many of the radio interviews I've given over the years, or even, uh, of course, podcast and appearing on other people's shows. So uh, I've been busy uh, sharing this uh, wisdom of Archbishop Sheen, but especially pertaining to the seven last words. Um, I, I have a website, uh, bishopsheentoday.com. It's a, I thought, you know, uh, I want to um, kind of uh, give a gift back to the church to say, uh, if Fulton Sheen touched my dad in such a powerful way through his radio addresses and his television shows, I thought, why not make a website where I just kind of grab all the YouTube videos and uh, put them all into one page and uh, grab all those mp3 recordings that we've all heard and put them all into one little section and um, and i realized there was tons of free downloadable uh, books and pamphlets and um, they're just yeah find those two and so i talked to one of my friends um, uh, her name is camilla gunnerson and she uh, runs a little company called envoy media and uh, she said, oh, I could put together a website for you and uh, we'll put it all under one, um, you know, roof, I call it. And um, 
you can just you know click on a tab and listen to Fulton Sheen. You can click on another tab and watch YouTube videos for a hundred hours. <laughs> there's literally a hundred hours of of YouTube videos there, and there's hundreds of hours of audio recordings. And um, uh, so it is, uh, like you say, something to keep you busy. And uh, again, I always thought, you know, um, all of this came to me for free. Uh, I have to make it free too. <laughs> and of course, make it so that there is no, um, you know, uh, subscriptions or anything like that. You have to pay to visit the site. We want you to enjoy it. Uh, now, I do have people that uh, sign up to the School of Sheen, which is our little group of uh, people that are uh, helping me to raise money to uh, buy radio airtime. And um, I'm always trying to buy a few books for seminarians because I've always realized that um, they are the key to the future. Is I want there to be um, what I want to say, a class of new Fulton Sheens every year. I would love every year when there's a group of ordinations that there's always a Fulton Sheen in the group. And uh, the best way is to give Fulton Sheen's writings to the seminarians. And it's amazing what he does. And um, so I just try to, if I get a, a donation here and a donation there, uh, we pay the bills. And of course, buy books to give to seminarians. And so, um, again, seminarians know who I am. And uh, again, the Lord knows who they are because they are preaching the truth. And um, so, again, it's just uh, giving you a little insight on uh, what I'm doing as a plumber, <laughs> but in my spare time, in my spare time. And so uh, it is a labor of love for me. And um, I tell you, I'm a blessed man. I just try to do what I can each day to share Bishop Sheen with the world. And so um, on the website, I, I produce what I call a Lenten reading guide. And uh, people print it out at home. I have it here. It's just, you know, it's just two pages. And it is uh, just uh, your suggestion of what passage to read every day during the season of Lent. And uh, you'll be surprised. Uh, after 46 days, you will have completed the book. Um, the cries of Jesus on the cross, cover to cover, and receive so many blessings, so many blessings. And um, again, you can see it up on the screen there. It's, um, it is, it's so, I, I, I just try to make it easy, <laughs> just try to make it easy. And, you know, I just say, okay, let's, let's go through this. Let's, let's go through the Beatitudes for the first seven days, where Sheen writes about blessed are the meek, and he ties it in beautifully to the words, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Uh, blessed are the clean of heart, uh, for they shall see God. And I uh, think of Our Lady and uh, how she was, of course, she represents uh, purity and uh, gives us this holy example. Um, you know, again, it goes on and on and on. I mean, it's, um, um, I like to say, um, it's the seven last words on everything, okay? And um, again, I just try to take people on this journey where one week we study the Beatitudes. The next week we study, again, why pain and suffering. And then we continue on and we talk about, um, you know, the seven deadly sins. And then another week we talk about the virtues to, to counteract that. And then we talk about the difficult people. And then we talk about Our Lady. And um, again, so you can just see a block of seven, a block of seven, a block of seven, and uh, you do, you know, six uh, blocks of seven, you got 42 days. And so uh, you get a lot of ground covered uh, by going through the book. And um, again, it's, uh, I like to say the connect the dots. And, um, and I try to say to people too, it's, it's not overwhelming. Um, what I find with Fulton Sheen is that I will admit that when you read um, his writings, uh, you have to pause a lot. You have to um, put the book down <laughs> and just think about it. Think about it. I mean, I'll give you one example. This one always uh, sticks in my head. Um, because I, I sometimes, when I watch the 6 o'clock news, I shake my head. I look at what politicians are doing. I look at what um, the universities are teaching our young people. I look at, um, you know, I, I just, I'm sorry, but... It's just all of this stuff. And I, I just say, why? 
And I think of this one line, and he says this, Fulton Sheen, and I'll, I'll use my crucifix as uh, for, um, I want to say a prop or for effect, but he said, think about this for a minute. A world capable of nailing God on a cross and killing him is capable of doing anything. I'll repeat that. A world that is capable of putting our Lord and Savior on a cross and killing him is capable of doing anything. And so it it is a bit of a consolation when I see the crazy stuff going. I go to the cross and I say, ah, it is true what Fulton Sheen wrote many years ago. A world capable of deicide, killing God, is capable of doing anything. So I tell you. And, and speaking of the, the crucifix, using the crucifix as a prop, <laughs> I, I, I say to people when I give parish missions and reflections, and um, I am a blessed man. I, I, I enjoy giving reflections in parishes, um, spending sometimes just, you know, a few hours with parishioners. Uh, but I always give a talk about the crucifix and where is the crucifix gone? And it is true, I think, when we look at society. I remember growing up, uh, there was a crucifix in every room. Um, if you walked into a Catholic home, there was a crucifix in every bedroom, uh, in the kitchen. Of course, uh, when you come into the hallway, um, it was just kind of the Catholic thing to do. And uh, every Catholic school, there was uh, a crucifix in every classroom. Uh, many office buildings had a crucifix uh, prominently displayed. Uh, people were not ashamed of, of what our Lord did on the cross. And so, um, but yet uh, with society, the way it, uh, <laughs> you know, maneuvered and um, we started to see people saying, um, take that down. Uh, it offends me. Um, you know, you can't do that anymore. And uh, slowly but surely, uh, these were removed. Um, and I think it goes back to what I said earlier, is that uh, Fulton Sheen was able to convict me of something, that uh, my sin put our Lord on the cross. Uh, I had something to do with this. And uh, we all did. We all did. And we're all guilty. And yet a lot of us don't want to face that guilt. And that's why people are saying, put that down. I, I want just a cross you know, just two sticks together. Give me the sign of the cross, but not the crucifix, not not with our Lord on there, because it convicts me, it offends me. And um, sadly, uh, this is the battle we're in. Uh, again, the crucifix is being put away, hidden. And I tell this story uh, often, and sometimes it's painful to tell it, but uh, again, I told you, I'm a plumber. And so I'm in a lot of basements. And usually before I leave someone's house, I want to make sure that their hot water heater is working. They've got heat. The furnace is, is, is firing up. Um, it's kind of my, my, my last checklist. I just want to make sure that the lights are on, the heat's on, and I'm leaving the house in, in a good uh, spot. Uh, but because I have to go down into the furnace room to do all these checks, I can't tell you how many times I've gone into furnace rooms and what's lying up in the corner of the furnace room? A beautiful crucifix, a beautiful picture of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, uh, beautiful pictures of saints. And I'll come upstairs and say to the customer, that's a beautiful crucifix you have down leaning up against the water heater and the picture of the Sacred Heart. Like, why aren't why don't you have those upstairs? Like, this was my house. I'd, I'd have that picture up in my living room. And the answer is always the same. Oh, what would the neighbors think? Like, people would think I'm religious. And, you know, that's kind of my mom's or my grandma's. I didn't want to throw it out. So I, I just kept it. <laughs> and But the furnace room was where I put it. So, uh, again, it's that whole pressure of uh, people are ashamed of this love story. 
um, they're ashamed because they had something to do with it and they're ashamed because of what people will think. And so I usually invite everyone to go and find a crucifix and, uh, and they're usually in, in people's drawers or in boxes, but go find them and put them into your life and uh, spend some time um, just holding the crucifix. Uh, I want to say listening, uh, but I think of all those uh, pictures of the saints um, and you see them, you see them, you know, I mean, we all have these, uh, you know, I want to say holy traitor cards, um, you know, I know from my, and uh, my good wife, we raised our children and we were always celebrating the saints and uh, always having little parties, depending on what saint uh, it was, you know, I think of St. Lucy and, and baking Lucy cakes and, um, you know, I love, I love to eat cake, right? So all of these opportunities that we have to celebrate the lives of the saints. And uh, when you look at some of the pictures of the saints, they're posing, they're actually looking upon the crucifix tenderly. And you can just see that they are saying, I love what the Lord did for me, that he laid down his life for me. And uh, so I always say we need to practice um, gazing upon the crucifix and learning from our Lord. And uh, part of the learning uh, program that I present to people is to say, hey, how about we study the film or review the tapes or the lectures of what he said from the cross? And that is the seven last words. Uh, take some time to meditate on those words. Father, forgive, for they know not what they do. This day you'll be with me in paradise. Woman, behold your son. Behold your mother. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I think everyone has whispered that underneath our breath a few times in our lives. I thirst. Those beautiful words, it is finished. And Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. I recommend to people to spend time with that sermon, that homily, to look upon the crucifix tenderly and think of what our Lord said to us from the cross. And uh, boy, you'll be amazed of what it does to your relationship, to your relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, Fulton Sheen, uh, if you ever saw pictures of his apartment, um, he, of course, had his own little private chapel. And of course, he spent a great deal of time um, with our Lord. And the private chapel was in the center of his apartment. So um, he had to always uh, pass by the chapel if he was going to go into his study or go into his, his bedroom or back to the kitchen. He laid out his apartment so that he always had to uh, pass by the Lord and, of course, acknowledge him. Uh, but yet Fulton Sheen had, not only did he have a beautiful uh, but humble chapel, he had a five-foot-tall crucifix at the foot of his bed. And so that every morning when he woke, the first thing he saw was this life-size um, crucifix um, of our Lord. And, of course, when he went to bed, you know, he would see our Lord. And so uh, he meditated on our Lord's love story, uh, the Lord's great love for not only for him, but for all of mankind. So not only did he put a crucifix on his desk that he recommends, he put a crucifix at the foot of his bed and a good size one, a good size one. So uh, he created an environment where he would succeed. Again, a beautiful chapel and a beautiful crucifix. And uh, we need to do the same thing. We need to make what I like to call little uh, prayer areas in our house. And um, again, some of us don't have a lot of space, uh, but still to kind of have that little nook, if that's all it is, but it's your prayer nook. It's your sacred space. And of course, to find um, a crucifix that uh, you can spend some time with. I, I love the little ones. I love these little ones. I have even smaller ones that I give away as presents to uh, people. And um, again, Fulton Sheen loved giving away little crosses uh, just as gifts to remind people 
to spend time with our Lord and to remind them of God's great love uh, for them. So again, the cross and the sermon from the cross, the seven last words. Um, you know, again, uh, my time goes by so quickly and uh, it's easy for me to share an hour with you uh, just talking about uh, what Fulton Sheen has done in my life, the life of my father, and literally millions and millions of others. And so I would encourage you to um, read Fulton Sheen. Uh, of course, watch his videos. Watch um, how he just delivers uh, messages uh, to the world. And this is what I loved about Fulton Sheen and how I learned from him was um, he doesn't, he kind of said in a way through his actions, you don't have to club people over the head with scripture or the faith. You can, um, again, segue or ease into it. Like talk about current affairs, talk about everyday issues, but at some point in the conversation, bring our Lord um, into the picture. Um, talk about what he experienced. Because again, the scriptures say, our Lord was like us in all things but sin. Remember, he was like us in all things but sin. So he experienced all the emotions, had so many things happen to him. You know, I think of his years with St. Joseph, uh, running the family business. And I know for myself, uh, running a family business, uh, that there are challenging customers. There are challenging days with weather and conditions, but uh, yet our Lord experienced those too. And so I can identify with that. Uh, but Fulton Sheen was always trying to say to us, remember the Lord went through what you're going through. And uh, he understands us. He understands us. So uh, that is a great consolation. It really is. Uh, my good friends, we will continue this conversation. Uh, we are in the season of Lent. And so uh, I will uh, come back uh, in a few weeks and I will unpackage um, uh, the book, The Cries of Jesus from the Cross, in more detail for you. I will help you to connect the dots between the seven last words and the Beatitudes, the virtues, the sorrows, the seven groups of difficult people, the Blessed Mother, and the seven times she spoke uh, in sacred scripture. Uh, again, I will uh, do my best to uh, share with you a number of the sheen gems, I like to say, uh, that are contained in the book, Lord Teach Us to Pray, and the cries of Jesus from the cross. And I had to mention Lord Teach Us to Pray because it is um, a book, a second book that I put together uh, where I use some of Sheen's writings on the seven last words, uh, especially pertaining to the Our Father and the seven last words, and of course, Calvary and the Mass. And so uh, I wanted to be able to uh, put together Sheen's writings on prayer and the holy hour and some meditations that people could take with them uh, as they start to, uh, you know, carve out some quiet time each day. Uh, and what's really uh, beautiful is Fulton Sheen would say, you know, take the scriptures in with you to the holy hour and uh, open up the scriptures, read a few passages until you're inspired, and then close it and then meditate on those words. And uh, I can't tell you how many times uh, the Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen would challenge people and and actually call them out, I like to say, and say, you know, I want uh, every Jew, Protestant, and Catholic to spend one hour a day in prayer. Uh, and uh, of course, unpackaging the scriptures. And, uh, and he would then say, you know, and for Catholics especially, uh, get to Mass and uh, stay after Mass and uh, make your holy hour. And so he was one, like a good father, to say, uh, we need to do our chores. We need to do, um, we need to do our uh, duty and give God uh, his due and spend time with him and give him thanks and give him praise. Uh, because, again, look what he did for us. Look what he did for us. Uh, my good friends, as I said, we will continue this conversation, and I'd ask you to join me again next week, uh, but we will 
of course, uh, ask for the uh, intercession of the Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. And I know all of us have a list of intentions that if, um, again, we could have them answered, <laughs> we would be, of course, just pleading uh, to uh, every saint, every blessed, every venerable in heaven to help us because we're all in need of help. And so I love to share uh, this beautiful prayer asking for uh, a spiritual favor uh, through the intercession of the Venerable Sheen. And so I'll ask my good friend Kent Kowalski to bring up this beautiful portrait of Sheen on the screen and uh, please join me. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Eternal Father, you alone grant us every blessing in heaven and on earth through the redemptive mission of your divine Son, Jesus Christ, and by the working of the Holy Spirit. If it be according to your will, glorify your servant, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, by granting the favor we now request through his prayerful intercession. And here we, we pray for uh, our families especially. Many of us have wayward children. We have cousins and uh, even parents that have fallen away from the faith. And so we entrust all those uh, who are separated um, that they would come back, uh, especially during this time of Lent. And so we make this prayer confidently through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My good friends, please uh, visit our website, uh, bishopsheentoday.com. Um, you know, again, drop me a line. Uh, we have uh, beautiful holy cards and uh, different uh, downloads that we can send you. Uh, we're here to make uh, Sheen accessible, and uh, we want everyone to uh, enjoy the wit and wisdom of the Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. So again, please join me uh, at the School of Sheen uh, at the website bishopsheentoday.com. And I'd invite you to pick up a copy of uh, the Cries of Jesus from the Cross. Uh, if you haven't uh, already, uh, it is a great Lenten companion, and uh, not just the season of Lent. Uh, it is good uh, 12 months of the year. There is so much wisdom in this book, and so uh, please, uh, again, do yourself a favor and uh, pick up a copy of The Cries of Jesus from the Cross and other Sheen classics uh, that are available wherever fine books are sold. And so, my good friends, until next week, May the good Lord continue to bless you and keep you. May the Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord look upon you kindly and bring you peace. Stay hungry, stay holy, and we'll see you next week on Hungry for More. God love you.